Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul tests again this morning. Lord, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, that I am able to say thank you, Father, this morning. Thank you, Lord, that I am able to say good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that I am able to magnify your name, Lord, this morning. Thank you for mercies. Thank you for grace. Thank you for love. I come into your presence this morning knowing that you are Jehovah El Leon. You, you are Jehovah El Shaddai. You are the mighty God. Lord, you are the Father and God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be glorified, Lord, forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus as the ancient of days, as the one who does not have age to his name. Lord, you are from everlasting to everlasting. You were before time. You will be here where time, Lord, has ended. Father, be glorified forevermore. Be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. As we read the word again this morning, Lord, we ask, Father, grant us wisdom and understanding. Help us learn in your presence today. And let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eyeneke. We continue reading the book of Acts. Again, we take two chapters today. Yesterday, we stopped on chapters 8. So, we take chapters 9 and 10 today. Chapters 7 and 8 yesterday. 7 dealt with the death of Stephen. And in chapter 8, we saw uh, the persecution of believers start. Yes. And then they were scattered everywhere. We saw Philip, for example, go as far you know, as Samaria, and then preaching to the, uh, to the eunuch from, from Ethiopia. Okay, so today, chapter 9, we see Saul's conversion. Saul was the one in charge of all of the persecution. We see his own, his own conversion. And then in chapter 10, we see Cornelius, yes, the first sets of Gentiles becomes born again. All right, get your Bibles. Let's read together this morning. Acts chapter 9 and 10, Saul's conversion. Since meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats uh, with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's, believe, the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. Um, he requested letters addressed to the synagogue's in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. The way, okay, of course, he's talking about the way Christians, okay, the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains, okay. So, Paul was very, very dedicated. 
you know, to this task, he was super dedicated, you know, to accomplishing it. He wanted to bring them back, you know, in chains to Jerusalem. Since as, as he was approaching Damascus on this, on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you, will, you must do. Since the men with Saul stood speechless, for they had the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. They had this voice, but they didn't see anyone. Okay, so obviously they knew something was happening. However, something had happened to Saul. It says, verse 8, Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. Okay, so there was a blinding light. So they could, they would have just thought maybe the lights blinded him, temporal blindness. Okay, it would be likely fine. I'm sure that was what they were thinking. Verse 9 says, He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, Go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can he can see again so god showed saul the vision of this man coming to lay hands on him even before the man okay himself <laughs> even before the man himself before god told ananias himself anything verse 13 says that but lord exclaimed ananias I've had many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the, to the believers in Jerusalem and is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon, upon your name. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. Okay, so be uh, very conversant, pay attention. Verse 15, I'll read it again. God tells Ananias the mission, okay, the mission that he was going to give Saul. Because many people claim that Saul is just the apostle to the Gentiles and that he was sent only to the gentile nation okay and, and i think that that is wrong and that is not fair that was only part of his mission eventually god will use him mightily to reach the gentiles but his mission statement was beyond that we take 15 again he says but the lord said 
go go for Saul is my chosen instrument okay that part is clear to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel okay so that's three sets of people to the Gentiles to kings and as well as uh, to the people of Israel, so we those are the three groups of people that Paul was going to was going to be uh, speaking to was going to target. Says, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Okay, that was there was a lot of suffering in his way. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, "Brother Saul." He called him brother immediately. Okay, <laughs> as soon as God told him immediately he addressed him not he didn't even consider all the things he had had about Saul before okay big lessons for us many of us will want the person to prove themselves okay by their actions and behavior no based on what God told an, an Ananias he immediately called Saul a brother he said brother Saul the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the holy spirit instantly something like scales fell from saul's eyes it doesn't mean that everybody uh, that is blind that scales will fall from their eyes okay um even many of the blind people that jesus you know prayed for and they received their sight scales didn't fall from their eyes okay so there's no need holding on to this one instance and saying that this is the template for everyone who receives their sight okay instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight then he got up and was baptized afterwards he ate some food and regained his strength i like the fact that for the early believers baptism was not they didn't have to go to baptism class first or baptismal class like we call it you know okay they didn't have to the fact that you identify and you say you belong to jesus you were born again you could be baptized do you you the uh, ethiopian eunuch for example was baptized the same day he became born again for saul of course this is just a few days after he, you know, he, he met Jesus on that on that road and became born again. In fact, he became born again without anyone preaching to him, because God already told Ananias that he had already accepted him. Okay, so without anyone preaching to him, Paul already became born again. And then a few days after, Paul was baptized himself. He says afterwards he ate some food and regained his strength. Okay, so next Saul. In Damascus and Jerusalem. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. Ah, <laughs> if I was those believers, of course, many of them would have been afraid of him, right? He actually came there, came there to arrest them. Now he was staying with them. And he says that and immediately he began. Immediately, oh, okay. Obviously, uh, most Jews are well trained okay well trained in the scripture at least in the old testament so as soon as you accept jesus as your lord and savior and that you receive that part that um those scriptures that you were expecting to be fulfilled have been fulfilled okay preaching the gospel becomes very easy 
He says that, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. All who had him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priest? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. Okay, And the reason that, why that was so was because Paul... Saul himself was well schooled. Okay, twenty-three says after after a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him, to kill the very person that was killing other people before. Okay, they plotted together to kill to kill him. Uh, they were watching for him day and night at the city gate, so they could murder him. But Saul was told about their plot. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in the large baskets baskets through an opening in the city walls. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. Since then, Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. Okay, so that tells you that either Barnabas was in Damascus to witness this himself, or Barnabas took a chance with with Saul. And I'm thinking that it was both. Okay, he took a chance, took the risk. Okay, of of putting out his neck. Okay, risking his life. You know, for this young believer, this guy who had come who had been killing other christians had come to arrest people even without you know hearing any specific revelation or instruction from from god barnabas was that kind of of person that kind of apostle he was a son of consolation anyway okay he told them that look saul had been preaching boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. See, so Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And I'm telling you, just Saul alone being with them was a statement. He debated with some Greeks, uh, Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. When the believers heard about this, they took him down. They took him down to uh, Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus, his hometown. Uh, the church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger uh, as the believers. And it became stronger as the believers uh, live in the fear of the Lord, and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. Next, uh, Peter heals Aeneas and raised Dorcas. Meanwhile, Peter traveled from place to place, and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lida. Uh, there, he met a man named Aeneas, who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly okay 
just the same way Jesus used to do. Peter was doing the same. Aeneas, he said, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, roll up your sleeping mat. Okay, and he says he did that immediately. He says, and he was instantly healed. He was healed instantly. Then the old population of Leda and Sharon's saw Aeneas walking around and they turned, they turned to the Lord. Okay, healing was part of their preaching. Okay, it was not an opportunity to show off. It was part of their preaching. Since there was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas, she was also doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. Uh, but the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lida, so they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them. He returned. By the time he returned, she was she had been dead for a while. And as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upper upstairs room. I don't know what these guys were expecting. <laughs> the room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dockers had made for them. Uh, but Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt, he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, get up tabitha and she opened her eyes when she saw peter she sat up okay uh, very important things that happened right here why was it that even in jesus's case when jesus had to pray for the dead jesus had those you know had those who were negative to be put out he sent them out and peter does the same here he sent out those okay who were mourning those who will communicate something negative okay he sent them out next peter prays he didn't pray for the for for dockers first he prayed on his own he says then he knelt and prayed okay after praying for a while then peter turning to the body he said get up tabitha and then she stood up okay so i'm thinking that in his time of praying okay god would have told him okay or the holy spirit would have shown him that yes pray for her she was going to come back to the dead okay and i and i hope and i wish that we can just learn we can just learn learn from this he says he gave her his hand and helped her hope uh, then he called in the widows and all the believers and he presented her to them alive since the news spread uh, through the old town and many believed in the lord and peter stayed a long time in joppa uh, living with simon a tanner a tanner of hides okay um it was from here that <laughs> you will encounter the first the first believers all right let's read acts chapter 10 cornelius calls for peter in caesarea there lived a roman army officer named cornelius who was a captain of the italian regiment he was a devout god-fearing man as as was everyone in his household okay very important statement about cornelius cornelius himself alone was not devout but everyone in his house also was and they were god-fearing okay 
since it says as was everyone in his household he gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to god one afternoon about three o'clock remember this person is not a jew but he was god fearing one afternoon about three o'clock he had a vision in which he saw an angel of god coming towards him cornelius the angel said he was remember i just said now he wasn't a jew okay but he was god fearing and god gave him this vision even before he was born again for those who think that god only speaks to christians or for to those who have accepted jesus as lord and savior god spoke to cornelius here and gave him a vision eh? didn't only speak to him gave him a vision in which he saw an angel of god coming towards him cornelius the angel said cornelius stared at him in terror what is it sir he asked the angel and the angel replied your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by god as an offering his prayers and gifts had been received as an offering so a big lessons here does god receive or when did god begin to receive the prayers and offering of cornelius he is still an unbeliever right so how could god receive because we know that the offering and the prayer of the unrighteous is an abomination to to god so how could god receive his prayers i always warn believers <laughs> don't be too sure of yourself be respectful enough that you are not el shaddai you are not omniscient and you don't see people's heart our place is to preach the gospel okay to preach the gospel to share it with people when they become born again how they become born again their relationship with god is between them and god okay don't sit as an authority over people and say it uh, cannot be born again because he is living this particular way don't be too sure don't be too sure it says and the angel replied your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by god as an offering now send some men to joppa and summon a man named simon peter he is staying with simon a tanner who lives at near the seashore as soon as the angel was gone cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier and one of his personal attendants i'm sure when he calls this one and tells them that he wants to send them to the jews i'm sure those ones are wondering is this man okay at all he told them what had happened and sent them off to joppa hmm. the next day as cornelius messengers were nearing the town peter went up on the flat roof uh, to pray it was about noon and he was hungry but while a meal was being prepared he fell into into a trance he saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners in the sheets were all sorts of animals reptiles and birds then a voice said to him get up peter kill and eat them no lord notice what peter said no lord peter didn't say no satan or get behind me satan peter said no lord peter declared i have never eaten anything that our jewish law laws have declared impure and unclean okay even though he was a christian he was a he was still a jew okay 
and there are things that the bible says are clean and things that are unclean and these things that god was telling definitely telling him to eat were unclean and that was why peter was saying no lord i have never eaten anything that our jewish laws have declared impure and unclean but the voice spoke again do not call something unclean if god has made it clean did you hear that god is the one who makes clean not you not even your prayer Eh? It is God who makes clean. It says the same vision was, vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Imagine if Peter had even stood up and taken one and eaten. <laughs> but Peter's eh, uh, prejudice, uh-huh. Peter, Peter's culture, and this is where I tell many believers, eh? culture, culture, prejudice, mindset, we eat the anointing for lunch. Okay, all the anointing you think you are carrying. I've met people who, as soon as they meet some people from a particular tribe that they they have a prejudice towards, the anointing disappears. Yes, it's called prejudice. You are prejudiced, and that was what was happening to Peter here. Peter, and of course that was why God could not use him. God had to straight pick someone else. Okay, God picked Saul. Saul immediately. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house, standing outside the gates. Uh, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come. In fact, literally, eh, he felt as if the Holy Spirit was holding his ears and eh, drawing his ears. Three men have come looking for you. Get up go downstairs and go with them without hesitation don't worry for i have sent them okay because the holy spirit knew that as soon as peter gets downstairs and sees who the people asking for him ah, <laughs> he would not have followed them it should be he just said i don't eat uh, things that are unclean and then he would have seen that the people that were had come to call him eh there was a roman officer among them eh? <laughs> gentile people he would not have followed them so the holy spirit told him don't worry for i have sent them so peter went down and said i am the man you are looking for why have you come they said ah, we were sent by Cornelius, a roman officer he is a devout and god-fearing man well respected by all the jews a holy angel um, instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message so peter invited the men to stay for the night the next day, he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. They arrived in Caesarea, and at Caesarea the following day, Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his house, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, Stand up, I am a human being, just like you. So they talked together and went inside, where many others were assembled <laughs> when an angel appears to you and tell you that ah somebody is the person that if they preach to you you will become born again wouldn't you think that the person is there's something special about the person so i don't blame cornelius right <laughs> but peter knew better <laughs> peter said i'm a human being just like you please don't worship me don't put me in trouble <laughs> So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. I'm sure Peter would have been surprised. Ah, 
I thought I was just going to be speaking to only this man. Now, so many people were present. Peter told them, you know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Okay? So it meant that that vision that Peter was pondering, he understood now. Yes, he understood the meaning of the vision. Uh He says, so I came without objection as soon as I was sent sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. Cornelius replies, four days ago, I was praying in my house about this same hour, three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. So I sent for, for you at once and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Hmm. Of course, this is the first time the Gentiles as a group will become born again. It says, then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what, and do what is right. This is the message of good news uh, for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the appoint is the one appointed by God to be judge of all of of all the living and the dead he is the one all the all the prophets testified about saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven uh, through his name i'm sure that even uh, peter himself is wondering ha ha how can I be preaching like this? And I'm telling you, the message that Peter was sharing was very, very powerful. Everyone was listening with rapt attention. Verse 44, even as Peter was saying these words, eh? I don't know whether Peter was still hesitating or because he could have actually made an altar call almost immediately. He says that when Peter was still saying these things, eh? the Holy Spirit fell upon he fell upon all who were listening to the message. And I'm telling you, eh, to many Christians, this is an abomination. When did they become born again? That they are now receiving the Holy Spirit. Eh? Only believers receive the Holy Spirit. So it means that somewhere in the message, they, were already, became, they, they already became born again. They already received Jesus. And then without anybody's intervention, they, re- they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. I love this. Eh? God does not believe in your prejudices. Oh. Did you hear me? Eh? All those restrictions and all those boundaries, they are fine. Oh. 
they are fine, but always leave room that God is omnipotent. Eh? Always leave room to the divine providence of God that God can do things however he chooses. He is God. You can't question him. He says the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they had them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy, Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterwards, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Hallelujah. All right, so that concludes chapter 10. So these believers were baptized first in the Holy Spirit before they were baptized by water. Wonderful. Okay. Um, so the lesson here today is to let go of our prejudice. Uh, yes, let go of our prejudice as we do this work that God has called us to do as believers. Let go of your prejudice. You know, uh, preach the gospel with an open heart today. Um, tell people about the good news that Jesus has come to save those who are lost. Yes, those who are lost, Jesus paid the price already. And if they will accept him, uh, Jesus will save them. That is the good news. As we share that message today, I pray that the Lord will cause his power to touch everyone who listens. And people will be reconciled back to God in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. We give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.